0: أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ الله الرحمن الرحيم. Lesson number three, Surah Al-Baqarah, ayah number six to seven. We'll do the word to a translation first, and then I will do the word breakup. إِنَّ Indeed أَلَّذِينَ Those who كَفَرُوا They disbelieved سَوَاءٌ It is equal, it is same. عَلَيْهِم Upon them a whether أَنزَرْتَهُم you warned them, um or lam, not tunzirhum. You warned them, la, not yu'minun They believe. Khatama. He sealed. Allahu, Allah, Allah upon qulubihim, their hearts. Wa, and Allah upon samghim. Their hearing. Wa and ala upon أَبْصَارِهِمْ their sights, غِشَاوَةٌ a veil. Wa and lahum for them, adabun, a punishment, عَظِيمٌ great. That's it. Let's go over the words. If you look at the first ayah, inna Ladina kafaru, indeed those people who have disbelieved, sawa'un عَلَيْهِمْ it is the same upon them. What is the same upon them? Aandartahum, whether you warn them, amlam tundirhum, or you do not warn them, la yu'minun, they will not believe. Inna. Inna is one word, and it means indeed. And this word is one of the most covered words in the Quran. Alladeena, those who. Are you familiar with this word? Have you done it already? Where? In both the lessons. Isn't it so? صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ And then in Surah Al-Baqarah, what did we learn? الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ They disbelieved. كفروا. They disbelieved. The root of this word is كَفَرَ And كَفَرَ give the meaning of to disbelieve. And the wow at the end that you see, that gives the meaning of plural. So they disbelieved. If the word was kefara, then it would mean he disbelieved. But kefara, you add a wawa at the end, it turns into plural. They disbelieved. Sawa'un. It is equal. It is same. Alayhim. This is a combination of ala and him. So ala means upon and him means they. Together, upon them. tahum this is a combination of first of all a all right uh and a is also a word in itself okay it's used for a question sometimes and over here a gives meaning of weather anzarthum anzarta anzar from the root letters noon zal ra which means warned. ta meaning you anzarta you warned who did you warn whom them if you look at the word anzarta you warned we read the word earlier an'amta both are similar isn't it so anzarta an'amta and both the words they give the meaning of you as well isn't it so so what does it show to us so the ta at the end what does that mean you so an'amta you blessed anzarta you warned. Who did you warn? Whom? them. Am or Lam did not. Tunzirhum. Tunzirhum. Same root as Anzarta. Nunzalga. Anzarta gives a meaning of warning. Tunzirhum also gives a meaning of warning. But just the shape of the word is different. The form of the word is different. Alright? How is this one different? That tunzirhu. Over here you see the letter ta coming at the beginning. All right, and this letter ta at the end also gives meaning of you. At the beginning also, it gives a meaning of you. So tumzir you warn whom them. La yu'minun they will not believe. Have you done these words before? Yes. La you have done it means not, and yu'minun they believe. khatam Allahu Allah has set a seal ala him upon their hearts, wa ala samrihim and also upon their hearing. وعلى أبصارهم غشاوة and over their vision is a veil. ولهم عذاب عظيم and for them is a great punishment. ختم الله ختمة he sealed from the root letters ختامم ختمة he set a seal he sealed who set a seal Allahu Allah where Allah upon قلوبهم قلوبهم is a combination of قلوب and him. Qulub means hearts, and him, there. So their hearts. Wa and upon. Sami him, just as qulub bi him, him. Qulub their hearts. Sami him, their hearing. Wa ala and upon. Abusari him, their sights. Qulub bi him, him. Their hearts their hearing and their sights. غشاوة, a covering. lahum and for them. This is a combination of wa and la for whom them. Now remember one thing. Earlier we learned الحمد لله. الحمد لله. What does that mean? All praises for Allah. Over here we learned لَهُمْ for them. So remember that Islam is the same. Okay? Sometimes Islam comes with a fatha and other times it comes with a kasra. You know what the word fatha and kasra mean? Hmm? What is fatha? The sign that you see on top of the word. A. And sometimes it comes as kasra. What is kasra? The sign that you see under the letter. E. So sometimes it comes as la, other times it comes as li. But both times what's the meaning? For. Just as home and him. So, walahum, for them, a punishment, one that is great. Okay. Let's listen to the recitation of these ayat, and then we will do the tafsir. Inna alladhina <laughs> kafaru sawa'un alayhim a'anthartahum am lam tunzirhum la yu'minoon. قَتَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَى قُلُوبِهِمْ وَعَلَى سَمْعِهِمْ وَعَلَى أَبْصَارِهِمْ غِشَاوَةٍ وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. In Surah al-Fatihah, we learned about three types of people. We make dua to Allah subhanahu wa taala إهدنا الصراط المستقيم. And what is the صراط المستقيم? صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ So the first type of people are who? Those upon whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed favor. The second type of people are who? غَيْرَ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ Those upon whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was angry. He was upset with them. And thirdly, Those who are astray. So three types of people we learned about in Suratul Al-Fatiha. Then in Surah Al-Baqarah, right at the beginning, who did we learn about? The muttaqin, the muflihoon, those people who have taqwa, those people who are successful, and those are the ones who benefit from the Quran because it is hudan lil-muttaqin. They are the ones who are in receipt of the guidance that is found in the Quran. And who are these people and Because when a person receives guidance from the book, then he brings change in his actions. And with those actions, he strives to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah is happy with him. الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ alayhim. Then the second type of people are who? al-maghdub alayhim. Those with whom Allah is angry. And who are those people? In Surah Al-Fatiha I told you that who are maghdub? Those people who know, who have knowledge, yet they do not bring any change in their behavior, in their actions. They know, yet they don't do anything. So inshallah today in these two ayat we will learn about the second type of people. Those who may know. Those who may be warned. Those who may be told. But whether you warn them or you don't warn them, they do not bring any change in their actions. They are stubborn. They are firm on their disbelief. They do not act on the knowledge that they have. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from becoming like such people. So at the beginning we learned about the successful ones. Over here we're learning about Those people who are losers. You may be wondering, why is it that right at the beginning of the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the different types of people? Have you thought about that? Right at the beginning of the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lays it before us very clearly that these people who have these characteristics are successful, these people who have these characteristics are failures. Why is it so important? Why is it mentioned right at the beginning? So that we may reflect on ourselves. If you think about it, the Qur'an. What is the main subject of the Qur'an? What does the Qur'an talk about? Who? Mankind, people. This Qur'an has been sent to guide who? All people. This is why right at the beginning we find out about the different, different types of people. So that we check ourselves. Where do I stand? Who do I want to become? Where do I want to go? So as we learn about the muttaqeen, why is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us? So that we strive to become the muttaqin? We strive to become the muflihoon. And as we learn about Alladina Kafaru, This is not so that we can point fingers, but this is so that we can analyze ourselves. That okay, yes, these people are disbelievers, but do I have any traits that these people have? Am I similar to them in some way? If I am, I better become careful. I better change my ways. Because remember at the end of the day, who is the one who is successful? The one who translates information into... Knowledge, right? How? By acting on that knowledge. So when a person learns about something, what should he do? Bring a change in his actions. And if a person learns, but he does not reflect on himself, does not improve his behavior, then that knowledge is useless. So let's look at these ayat. Who are these people? What characteristics do they have? Let's look at them. the ladina kafaru, Indeed, those people who have disbelieved. Inna. Inna is used for emphasis. It is to emphasize a statement. So indeed, those people who have disbelieved, this is a fact about them. Who are Alladina Kafaru? Kafaru is from the root letters kafar. And it's from the word kufr. Have you heard of the word kufr? What does it mean? Disbelief. Right? Kufr means disbelief. Does anyone know the literal meaning of the word kafara? To hide. To cover something. It means a tahtiyah, To cover something, to veil something, to hide it. This is why from the same root, the word kafir is actually used for a farmer in the Arabic language as well. Yes, it's used for a disbeliever, but it's also used for who? A farmer. Because what does a farmer do? He takes the seed, and where does he put it? In the ground. He hides it under the soil. The seed that was out, that was visible, What does a farmer do? He puts it in the soil so that seed is hidden now. Similarly, the word kafir is also used for the night. Why? Because what does the night do? It covers everything with its darkness. Everything trees, water, land, everything is covered with the darkness of the night. Why is disbelief called kufr? Because when a person disbelieves, then what is he doing? He is hiding the truth. He is covering up the truth. He says, I don't believe in it. So it's as though he is hiding it. Because when a person believes in something, that belief is shown. It is manifested through one's actions, through one's behavior. But when a person rejects it, a person denies it, it will not come into his actions. It will not come on his tongue. So the truth is hidden, it's covered. Similarly, kufr is also called disbelief because a person is covering up, he is hiding the fitrah. The nature that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created people with. What is the fitrah? What is the nature with which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created people with? That they have the ability to recognize their creator. They have the ability to recognize their Lord. So when a person commits kufr, then what happens? He's covering up that innate nature that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created mankind with. Now, what is kufr? Technically, it is disbelief. But what does it mean to disbelieve? It is to disbelieve in that which a person must believe in. We learnt about iman earlier, isn't it so? And iman is what that a person believes in everything that Allah subhanahu wa taala has informed him of. So whether something is mentioned in the Quran or the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam informed us, what is iman that we believe in it? Kufr is what the opposite of that that a person says no. I don't believe in it. I don't accept it as true. I will not do it. I will not do what is required of me. Remember the, the definition of iman? تصديق, to affirm the truthfulness. And then qubul acceptance. And then إذعان, submission. So kufr is the opposite of that. That تصديق, no. takdeeb. I don't believe. I don't accept. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not going to submit. So إِنَّ ladina كَفَرُوا Indeed, those people who disbelieved. Now one thing before we move on, that the word kafir is not a swear word. Because many times people abuse this word and they they hurl it at other people just to take revenge from them. Oh, they're kafir. I don't like them. This is not right. Okay? And secondly, if somebody is actually a disbeliever and he is being described with kufr, this is not meant to insult them. Alright? Because people get very, very offended. People get very, very offended when they're described as those people who do kufr, it's not an offensive word. This is just describing the reality of a person. He just does not believe. So you're describing him how he actually is. Alright? So, إِنَّ ladina كَفَرُوا Indeed, those people who disbelieve, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says concerning them, that سَوَاءٌ عَلَيْهِمْ It is the same upon them. What is the same upon them? That أَنزَرْتَهُمْ Am lam la yu'minun whether you warn them or you don't warn them they're not going to believe what does it mean by the word sawaun sawaun is from the root letter sin waw ya and sawa is when something is equal from both sides leveled equal from both sides so same so what is the same alayhim upon them, meaning upon the disbelievers that unzaftahum whether you warn them am lam tundihum or you do not warn them they're going to remain the same. And what is it that they're going to remain as? La yu'minun, they're not going to believe. Now the word that is used for warning, أأنزرتهم, warning, inzar. This is from the root letters, noon, zal, ra. And inzar is to inform someone about an imminent danger. Inform someone about some catastrophe, some danger, something harmful. That's going to happen very soon. That's definitely going to happen. Alright? But it is not just to inform them plainly. It is to inform them and simultaneously instilling an element of fear within them so that they also become afraid. For example, you could tell a child, you better get off, otherwise you're going to fall. If you tell him plainly, he might not understand the intensity of your warning. But if you say it in a way, get down, you might fall then just by your expression, the way you're talking, they become afraid. And they accept what you're telling them. Isn't it so? So inza is not just to inform about something dangerous that's going to happen, but it is to also arouse fear in the person. Why arouse fear? So that they can do something. They will actually bring a change in their action. And inza is also to give warning before time. What does it mean by this before time? So that a person can actually do something about it. Not that while a person is falling, you tell them, oh, you better not go here, you're going to fall. It's pointless, it's useless. You should have told them before. Many times what do we do? When a person has suffered, we tell them, I told you so. You know, I was going to tell you. I was going to tell you. I had this fear that this was going to happen. What was the point of that fear? You should have informed them in time so that they could have actually done something about it. So Inzar is also to warn before time. Similarly, it is also said that Inzar... Is warning that is given not necessarily in a threatening way. Not necessarily in a threatening way. It could be given in a loving way as well. But if you think about it, why would a person warn another? Out of what feeling? Out of sincerity. Out of well wishing. Out of concern. The prophets of Allah, they are described in the Quran as Nadir. As well as Bashir. Who is Nadir? The one who brings warning. The one who conveys warning. The one who warns other people. The prophets of Allah, when they came, they warned the people about what? Harmful consequences in this dunya and in the hereafter. That if a person does not believe, does not strive to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what will happen? He will suffer harm in this world and also in the hereafter. Because when a person commits sin, there are actually consequences in this world even. Like for example, a person is unhappy. He may have everything, but the peace of his heart, the contentment is gone. Similarly, another consequence of sin is that a person does not have much barakah in his rizq. He may have a lot of money, a lot of provision, but there is no barakah. So the prophets of Allah, they came, why? To warn people so that they stop disobeying Allah, so that they can be saved from harmful consequences in this world and in the hereafter. So Allah says over here, that there are some people, who are they? Disbelievers. That if you warn them, or you don't warn them, You warn them or you don't warn them. What is their reaction? La They will not believe. They will not change. They remain the same. Your warning, your not warning, does not make any difference. Why? Because they are firm, they are stubborn on their kufr. The muttaqin. Who are they? That when they know what they have to do, what do they do? They bring it into action immediately. Isn't it so? Which is why they're described as muttaqin, a person who is careful, alert, trying to protect himself, trying to save himself. But these people, alladhina Kafaru, It's as though they don't know anything even if they know everything. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ Kafaru, سَوَاءٌ عَلَيْهِمْ أَأَنزَرْتَهُمْ أَمْ لَمْ تُنْزِرْهُمْ they will not change. They will not bring any change in their actions. Why is it so? What's the reason behind that? Allah Subhanahu wa Taala tells us the reason is khatam Allahu ala Allah has set a seal upon their hearts. Khatama. Khatama is from the root letters khattamim. mim. and khatm is to put a seal on something. So that nothing can now go in or come out. So for example, there is a bottle. It has a mouth that is open. If you leave the mouth open, what's going to happen? If you turn it upside down, whatever is inside is going to come out. And if you put that bottle with the mouth open under a tap, and you turn on the tap, the water is going to go inside the bottle. So if the mouth is open, something can go in and something can also come out. But if the mouth is sealed, it is closed, then what's gonna happen? You turn the bottle upside down, not even a drop will come out. You put it under an open tap, not even a drop will go in. Sealed, closed, shut. So nothing comes out and nothing goes in. Allah has set a seal on their hearts. What does it mean by this? That Allah has set a seal on their hearts. That no good enters their heart and no good comes out of them either. Nothing good enters, nothing good comes out. Now the word قلوب is a plural of قلب. And قلب is used for the heart. You may be wondering, nothing good goes in the heart, nothing good comes out of the heart. Well, it's the mind that thinks. It's the brain that thinks. Why is the heart being used over here? Remember that in the Quran, the word قلب is used for The faculty of reasoning, understanding. Because many decisions that we make, many things that we understand, do we have an emotional attachment with them? Are our feelings involved in decision making? Of course they are. And especially when it comes to faith, when it comes to, let's say, forgiveness, when it comes to mercy, when it comes to seeking forgiveness, when it comes to worship, your feelings are involved. Which is why sometimes when you're standing in prayer, what happens? You start crying. Why? Because your feelings are involved. Alright? So this is why the word قلب, the word heart is used in the Qur'an for what? Your faculty of reasoning, your faculty of understanding. So Allah says over here that خَطَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ Allah has set a seal upon their hearts so that even if the truth is presented before them, they are warned, the warning does not enter their heart, meaning their hearts are unchanged. For example, if somebody warns you, if somebody tells you, Walk carefully, otherwise you will trip. And you may hurt yourself. Because there are a lot of shoes in this pathway. For example, if you are concerned about your well-being, if you are concerned about your safety, will that warning enter your heart and will that change your behavior? Yes! Isn't it so? It will enter your heart and it will result in action so that when you're walking, you're walking carefully. But if a person says, no, it's okay, I'm not gonna fall. Then what's gonna happen? Has the warning gone into the heart? No. Will it bring any change in the action? No. And is a person vulnerable? Can they hurt themselves? Very easily. So khatamallahu ala quloobihim. The reason why the warning does not affect them, the reason why they don't believe, they don't change, is because there is a seal on their hearts. A seal on their hearts. khatamallahu ala him. And not just on their hearts, but also wa ala sam'ihim. And also upon their hearing. Now the word sam'r is from the root letters seen, meme, ayn. And the word sam'r in the Arabic language is used for both ears as well as the ability to hear, the faculty of hearing. It's used for both. So Allah has set a seal upon their hearts and also a seal upon their hearing. What does it mean by this? That there is a seal on their hearing. Does it mean they're deaf? Literally they cannot hear anything? No. They may be able to hear. But they don't hear truth. They don't hear good things. And what does it mean by this? That they don't hear good things? Does it mean that they never ever hear, for example, the Qur'an? Abu Jahl, did he ever hear the Qur'an? Yes, he did. What does it mean by this? They don't hear, they don't listen. That they don't benefit from what they hear. They don't benefit from what they hear. So, khatamallahu ala qulubihim wa ala samrihim. There is also a seal on the ears. On the faculty of hearing. So even if the best advice, even if the verses of the Quran are recited, most beautiful, most effective words are presented before them. They will hear, but the words will bounce back they will not enter. They will not go in. They will not benefit from what they have heard. It's just as though they have heard sounds. There are some people who, when they hear the Qur'an, when they listen to the Qur'an, when they listen to good words, you can see that there is a change. You can see that they're feeling it. You can see that they're benefiting by what they're listening to. Why? Because they're concentrating. You can see that their emotions are involved. But there are other people who, when they're listening, it's as though they haven't heard a thing. It's as though they haven't heard a sound. So ala qulubihim wa ala sam'rihim. And then wa ala abusarihim. And upon their vision is what? Ghishawatun. A covering. Abusar is the plural of basar. And just as sam'r is used for hearing and ears, basar is used for eyes as well as the ability to see. So wa ala abusarihim and asaf. It's from the root letters, ba To see. So on their eyes, on their vision is, غِشَاوَةٌ A covering, a veil. What rishawa? غِشَاوَة? غِشَاوَة is from the root letters, shin ya rashiya, Which means to cover something. To put a veil on something. But remember that غِشَاوَة is such a veil through which you can see. Meaning you can't clearly see, you cannot completely see, but you can see a little bit. You know sometimes you're buying some fabric, you want to buy some hijab, what do you do? You put your hand under it, right? And you put it up and then you put your hand behind it. Can I see my hand or not? If I can see it, I'm not getting it. If I cannot see it, then okay, this is good material. Right? So it's not see-through. But شَاوَ This is a little see-through that you can still make out a little bit. You know, this is what this thing is and this is what that thing is. You can still make out a little bit. Not a lot, but just a little bit. You can figure out a little. So on their vision is a veil. What does it mean by this? Does it mean literally that their eyes are covered? What does it mean? The truth is covered for them? So that even if they see the truth, they will not benefit by it. Just as hearing. Even if they hear the truth, they do not benefit by it. Similarly, even if they see the truth, the most obvious signs, they do not benefit from them. وَعَلَىٰ أَبُصَارِهِمْ غِشَاوَةِ So such are the people whom Allah has created with hearts, ears, and eyes. However, because of their disbelief, what happens? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sealed all of these faculties for them, which is why they cannot benefit from any warning. So as a result, وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ And for them is a great punishment. Notice the word عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ A great punishment. What does it mean by the word عَذَاب? Punishment. And it's from the root letters Ba. Ain Zal Ba. عَبْ is to not be able to sleep out of extreme thirst. A person is extremely thirsty, extremely thirsty, and as a result he's not able to sleep. Is that torture? Think about it. Is that like torture? Yes, it is. It's physical pain as well as mental pain, as well as emotional. Has it ever happened with you that you didn't have dinner for whatever reason and you went to bed and then you couldn't sleep because you're extremely hungry? Or you realize that you had a very early dinner and now that you're going to bed, it's been a very, very long time so you haven't eaten anything for a while and now when you're trying to sleep, you cannot sleep And then you get up and you go, grab yourself a bowl of cereal or something like that so that you can at least sleep. You won't have a heavy meal, but at least you will put something in your tummy so that you can sleep easily. Imagine if you get up, but you cannot find any food. Just imagine. You cannot find any food. You cannot even find a sip of water to drink. Alhamdulillah, none of us has experienced that. But if a person does have to experience it, it's extremely painful. It's like a torture. So adab, punishment, torture. adab also gives a meaning of constant pain. Constant pain. So adabun, constant pain that will not end for them. Then the word adab is also used for sweetness. In the Arabic language, the word adab is also used for sweetness. In the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the two different types of rivers. The two different bodies of water. One is sweet and the other is salty. هَذَا عَذْبٌ فُرَاتٌ سَائِغٌ شَرَابُهُ وَهَذَا مِلْحٌ Ujad One is sweet and pleasant and palatable, easy to drink. And the other is salty and bitter, difficult to drink. So عَذْب is that which is sweet, sweetness. What does it mean by عَذَاب then? عَذَاب is to take the sweetness away. To take the sweetness away. That a person does not experience any sweetness, any pleasure, any satisfaction. Every moment, everything that he faces, that he feels, that he experiences is painful. This is what adab is. Adab is also used for confinement when a person is imprisoned. So wa lahum adabun for them is a punishment. What kind of punishment is it? Alim, great. Alim is from the root letters ain la mim, and alim is used for that which is great, huge, big. But something that is huge in what sense? In the sense that it is very kawi. And secondly, very shadid. Kawi as in strong, and shadid as in severe. So this punishment that is prepared for them in the hereafter, how is it? Great. Very strong, very severe, so that they cannot resist it, they cannot escape it, they cannot avoid it, they cannot ignore it. For example, if your hand is hurting, your head is hurting, a part of your body is hurting, can you ignore that pain? For some time. But if the pain gets worse and worse, if it becomes stronger and more and more intense, can you avoid that pain? Can you ignore it? You cannot ignore it. This is when the pain completely overcomes you and you leave all that you're doing and you go lie down in bed and you put some medicine in your mouth. So in the hereafter, Adabun عَظِيمٌ a great punishment is such punishment that is strong, intense that the people of hellfire will not be able to avoid. They cannot get away from it. عَذَابٌ عظيم. And what is this great punishment? This great punishment is a punishment of hellfire. Because there is no punishment greater than the punishment of fire. And there is no fire that is greater than the fire of hell. We will listen to the recitation and then I will go over a few points.